Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I'm so glad that you have joined me once again for our look at the rapture, the great catching away, the day that the Christians vanish from off the earth. And it's a very exciting time in the future. You know, God, the Bible is full of prophecies that have been fulfilled in the New Testament. Uh, there's prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. Uh, and, you know, one of them is the rapture, but we know they will be because God tells us the future before it happens, such as the uh, coming Messiah. You know, I did a study on messianic prophecies fulfilled. I found 374 you can find that on Realoran as well, um, that Bible study. But Jesus was foretold in the Old Testament, you know, and he fulfilled it in the New Testament. And so we know that uh, the rapture is something that God has stated will happen, and we know that it is just a matter of time. We don't know when it will happen, but we have seen what uh, will take place before the rapture. We, we can see the woman is pregnant. We know a baby's coming. So when we see a great falling away and the son of perdition is revealed, then we know that it's quickly ahead for us, the rapture of the church. We know in the book of Mark, chapter 13, verse 32, beginning in verse 32, it says, But of that day and that hour knows no man. No, not the angels, which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, pay attention, Jesus is saying, watch and pray, keep communicating with the Lord. Don't cut off your communication with the Lord, for you know not when the time is. And so Christ doesn't want us to, to lose. You know, he's all about wanting us to win. He wants us to win all. And it's a big, big amphitheater, as Paul said. He said, you know, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. And uh, we're all almost like in this big amphitheater. And everybody is watching this match going on for your life, your soul, your decisions, your choices, your results that you will get, uh, your eternal inheritance. And it is a battle for you. And, you know, all of hell wants your destruction. And all of heaven wants your inheritance, both on earth and in glory. Because God wants you to have a good life on earth. And he wants you to inherit all things in glory. God is a good God, and he wants good things for you. The devil is a bad devil, and he wants nothing but destruction for you. And so you need to make a decision. What is your choice? But... All are gathered, as, as Paul talks about, in this amphitheater. And, you know, all eyes are on us because we are the treasure of God. And we can be a trophy of hell if they win our soul. And they're able to keep us forever in a place separated from God. You know, when I think of hell, I shudder because I remember vividly my time in hell in 2001 when I was taken on this tour and Christ in his sorrow was showing me the place that he gets his people, 
and he leads them into eternal fire. And the reason for that is the loss of truth in the human brain, the loss of intelligence in the human life, the loss of the duty of man to do their due diligence in researching the Bible for themselves. It's your soul. It's your eternity. You will be glad that you walked with Christ or you will suffer an eternal regret to your sorrow and to God's. God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But God has set life and life can never change. And so we want to get in the right path and follow Christ all the way through life. And Jesus is telling us to, to pay attention and to always keep our communion with God and to keep our book open, the Bible, and to keep our lives clean and to be ready to leave or to be raptured. Amen. And if you're in the tribulation and say, oh my goodness, you know, I wouldn't leave my marijuana. I, I, I just wouldn't let go of my affair. I was the pastor, but I wouldn't quit stealing or I was a choir director, but I was a, homosexual. I was an Anglican priest and I preached against truth and I set up my own religion and it was full of homosexuals and I profited off their tithes and offerings. And now I'm left in the tribulation. Just say, Father, I'm sorry I've sinned against you. I was not worthy to leave in the rapture for I didn't live as you commanded, but I ask you to forgive me now and wash away my sins and Make sure that I enter into glory and he will be with you and walk you through the things you must go through, but you will most certainly end up in glory. The Bible talks about uh, Revelation six seventeen. He says, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? We don't want to be left in the tribulation, you know, where the wrath of God is poured out. And it is very, very bad. I was doing my, my study on it, my research, and uh, etc. on the tribulation. And I had a hard time continuing with it because it was so hard to swallow. You know, we hear about the goodness of God, the love of God. God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. And all these things are absolutely correct. But God is a God of justice. He's a God of... You reap, you receive what you sow, what you planted. And the greater damnation goes to the leaders of the world that lead his people into eternal fire because of their sin, because the leaders of the world all sin and they lead the simple and the, the precious ones into sin. They'll be damned worse than anybody. And uh, all leaders, you know, even a, a religious leader, a leader of God, that turns away from God and the multitude follow that person away from God. They'll be damned worse than anybody in the lake of fire. So we don't want to be under God's wrath and we don't have to be. If we would just live a pure life and we would not do evil to each other and not forsake God, you know, we don't forsake God when we're sad or when we're angry. God says, be angry. But don't sin, you know. In your anger, it doesn't give you a license to go have a highball at the local bar. 
okay? Or call a call, call girl. And, and you go pick her up in your Porsche and your Armani suit because your wife, your, your evangelistic wife, is away on an international journey with Jesus. You see? Be angry, but don't sin. We don't want to incur the wrath of God. We want to incur the love of God. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, it says, After this I looked, John, you know, it's amazing that John walked with Jesus on the earth, and he was one of his twelve. One of his, He was a disciple, and then he was called by Christ to come and be an apostle, which was just more responsibility on his shoulders, if that's what you want to know. A disciple is a student of Christ. An apostle is a student of Christ, but Christ has placed responsibility on their shoulders to work under him, for the uh, lives, the souls of humanity. And we know that John was hauled off into the island of Patmos by people that didn't want him to preach Christ. But it didn't stop Christ. And it didn't stop John. And Jesus appeared and a big vision was given him. And a big episode called the Book of Revelation. Amazing book. If you haven't done your due diligence and read the Book of Revelation, I highly counsel you to do that. God said, all the people that read this book will be blessed. So John is speaking in Revelation 4, 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me. Can you imagine? John, just picture this. John, a big door is open in heaven, and it was... A voice was talking, and it sounded like a big trumpet. You know, we picture a, a big guy with a trumpet blowing, you know. I mean, God is amazing, isn't he? He's very creative. He's the creator. He's created things you've never thought of or things that have never entered into your mind. And this trumpet talking with him said, Come up, hither I will show you these things which must be hereafter. And we know that the book of Revelation unveils and packages and rolls out the end times, the, the falling away, the son of perdition being revealed, the rapture of the church, the tribulation, the pouring out of the wrath of God, the second coming of Christ, Satan is bound, he comes with his saints, he rules 1,000 years from the throne in Jerusalem. And then he gathers the kings of the nations to fight and try to take God down. How foolish. You can never take God down. And God uh, destroys. And then we see the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem. Finally, he gets what he wanted coming down. And God dwells with his people. So we know that uh, in Isaiah eleven twelve it reads, And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcast of Israel, and gather together dis the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So God is gathering his people. He's gathering all of his people to come into himself and his son and not miss out on the great inheritance and we know that uh, the end times have been clearly revealed to us in the book of Daniel 12.4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. That's why it's called the end times. Many shall run to and fro 
and knowledge shall be increased. You know, there's nothing safer and more sane and stable than a intelligent Christian that does their due diligence by studying the Word of God and letting God come alongside the Spirit of truth given to us to teach us all things. There's no better teacher than God Himself. Matthew 24, 6 says, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And we can see in our generation how there's so many things going on. Right now we're in COVID-19. You know, as God has done a reset, He turned the world off to get your attention, to bring you back to truth, to bring you back to intelligence, to bring you back to the Word of God so that you can do your due diligence and study the Word of God and to remove from your life the things that would remove you from His presence, as He would say, depart from me. I never knew you. You worked iniquity. You never left sin and perfected holiness because you forsook your own soul and considered temporary things more important. Don't be deceived. Life does not last forever. And we can read so many scriptures on the rapture, and I want you to dive into this uh, study uh, there's so many things for you to delve into and to know as you do your due diligence. And we know that the rapture has requirements and it has eligibility. As Jesus said, will they be accounted worthy to escape all these things that are coming? Because we know the catching away comes and then hell on earth show called the tribulation. The wrath is poured out. The Antichrist rises. Nobody's buying anything or selling anything. So you can't go down to your local grocery store and buy milk and bread and etc. Uh, you're not going to be able to go to Starbucks and buy a latte unless you have the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast, his number is 666 in your hand or in your forehead, you will be, you've just damned your soul eternally. There's no turning back. So just remember that and do not be as Esau was that forfeited his soul for a bowl of soup. Amen. And so we, we need to be ready. We need to live pure. We need to have a clean slate with God in order to go. And this is found out throughout the Bible. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17. Uh, we can see it in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. 1 Corinthians 15, 23, Galatians 5, 16. Then I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, we're either, we're either saying yes to God and no to the flesh, or yes to the flesh and no to God. And when we say no to God, no God, we need to stop and say, Something's wrong with me. Let the room go silent. Something's wrong with me. God asks you to do something. No, God. Then that's your flesh. And we need to kill the flesh. We need to crucify that flesh. And we need to walk on top of that flesh and let the spirit rise up within us and say, yes, Lord. We need to be soldiers. We need to be, be in an army. We're supposed to be an army. <laughs> Believe that or not. 
but we are supposed to be soldiers and endure hard things, as Paul says. You know, Jesus said, if any man will follow me, he must pick up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. So when you say, no, God, that's the flesh. And so Jesus will take you back to truth, Luke 9, 23. If any man come after me, he must deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me. And so that's just the way we do life. Galatians 5, 22 through 24 reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affection in the lusts. I used to go to a Bible study years ago. And the lady that ran it, she was very unusual, unique, and I really liked her. She's different. And um, she had a big bowl in the middle of the table where we sat around and opened up our word, you know. And inside of the bowl were these big, long nails that uh, were the type of nails that Jesus had. <laughs> I mean, they're terrible. You know, you think of nails. It's not the little nail that you pound into the wall to hang a little picture on. You know, these these were big nails, and they were hammered into Christ so that they could go through his flesh and into that wood, and he could, you know, that's how he hung there, you know, was he was nailed, and, and it, the nail had to be big enough to go through the flesh and into the wood so that he would hold. Just horrifying. It was really good to see him healed. But uh, she had that bowl, and it was full of those nails. And I said to her, what, what is this? She said, it reminds me to crucify my flesh. Yes, Lord. The Lord says, I want you to do this, or I want you to do that. No, God. That no is the flesh. And we need to say, yes, Lord. Okay? And so they that are Christ's, if you belong to Christ." have crucified the flesh, your yes, Lord, yes, Lord, with the affections and the lusts. Jesus' desire, Ephesians 5.27, he said that he might present to himself a glorious church. He wants to rapture a blameless, spotless, beautiful bride. Okay? That he may present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy, holy, pure, blameless, innocent. That's what he's looking for. And without blemish, that's what he's looking for. And when you wonder, will I go in the rapture? Well, it just depends. Have you departed iniquity, as Second Timothy 2.19 tells us? Those that are Christ have departed iniquity. Do you submit to God, yes, Lord, and resist the devil? Do you read your word as he has commanded? He said, if I'm not able to wash you, you will have no part with me. You will be an empty, foolish Christian, left in the tribulation, running around, you know, getting, getting being caught in that wrath and the nightmare last and it goes on and on so this is what jesus is looking for hebrews twelve fourteen. he says follow peace with all men in holiness 
Holiness is purity. You know, purity with your neighbor. Do you, do you do what's right with your neighbors? Do you, when somebody slaps you, do you slap them back? When somebody says something to you about you, do you want to tweet and get them back? Do you, do you do that? Jesus said, well, how do you deal with your enemies? Do you strike them back or do you do what Jesus said to pray for them? Because they need it. First John 1 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. So we're riding this tandem with the Lord through life, you know, the blood, the water, the spirit, the blood, the water and the spirit. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sin. The water is a representative of the word. It washes our minds. We've done our due diligence daily. There's so many benefits from washing your mind in the word. And there's so many bad consequences for saying, no, God, I'm not going to do that. There's so many bad consequences for that. And the spirit, you know, he's always correcting and sanctifying us and cleaning us. You know, we are his garden that he walks through and he analyzes if, if there's a branch that needs to go, if there's something in, in on that beautiful flower tree. He comes and he inspects the fruit. If there's fruit and something that is trying to choke it, he'll cut it off, cut it away. Or he'll cut back so that it can bear more fruit. The Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost, they walk through your life and they take a look at it. What needs to be gone and what needs to be birthed and the different seasons of a human's life. You know, whatever season you're in now, is going to end. We know that there is a time for everything underneath heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, perhaps be raptured. You know, my dad always said, oh, I'm going to go in the rapture. I buried him two years ago or three. He's a beautiful man, full of love, Lord. We used to go out to eat and he would grab the waitress's hand and say, I know somebody who loves you. And they would get, their eyes would get really big. He said, his name is Jesus Christ. He's in heaven. He didn't go in the rapture, but he went up in glory. He's a treasure that I, I long to see. First John 1 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. It's beautiful. And we continue in that blood until we're in glory because we're being perfected every day and we appreciate the blood of Jesus. Revelation 26 reads, Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection, the first rising. We want to go in the rapture. We don't want to be left behind in the tribulation. 
On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. See, it's talking about the ones that are going up with Christ shall reign with Christ on earth for that thousand-year rule and his second coming in the millennial age. That's all one entity in the end times. And we know that we want to be ready as Christians. We want to live a pure, beautiful life so that we won't suffer in the tribulation. And Matthew 25, 1 through 13 really goes into details about the wise Christian. She keeps her house filled. And she keeps her life with the Lord correctly. The other one is foolish. And she loves God. And she goes to church. But she also loves the world. She loves drinking. And she loves carousing. And she loves having sex with different men. And she doesn't like any of the rules, you know. And so she will be a foolish Christian. She will be left behind in the tribulation. And all the money that she has won't matter at all. Because she will have to either die as a Christian, or she will have to get the mark of the beast and damn her soul into eternal fire because she won't be able to to buy or sell anything. So we just want to make sure that we all go into the rapture because we know that the rapture is the hope of the obedient Christian as stated in Philippians chapter 3, 20 through 21. Titus 2.13 reads it so beautifully. Looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. My prayer for you is that when your exit comes, that you will enter into heaven and you will get your great reward. Or you will definitely go in the rapture and just vanish. Good night. Elleron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rieleron today at www.rieleron.org.